This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. A lot going on in our local schools. We're going to be talking with two school resource officers from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, as well as uh, some other folks from our schools. Some exciting things happening. SRO Jason Urban is with us, first of all. Jason, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to have you with us. You're going to tell us about some school resource officers scholarships. This is the 19th year that those have been given out. Tell us a little about uh, how did it all get started? Well, you know, there's several things that we do in the schools. You know, we teach classes, you know, we're there for law enforcement issues, keep everybody safe. And so we were looking at ways to um, further our resources out to students and SRO at the time, Greg King, he came up with the idea of doing a scholarship for students. So um, 19 years ago, we started the School Resource Officer Scholarship. We asked SROs to donate to that scholarship so that it's coming directly from the SROs. And so um, we've done that every year. We try to do one scholarship for university studies and another scholarship for community college or technical school. Uh, this year we did five scholarships uh, they were all for universities we didn't have anybody apply for community colleges so what do the youngsters do and and when do they start applying is it their senior year junior year when yes sir it's their senior year uh, they have to be at a rutherford county school and they can pick up their application from their sro or their guidance counselor and they have a their application process is basically they have to submit something with their ACT score, their GPA, they have to have two letters of recommendation, and they also have to write a 500-word essay on ways they would improve school safety. Wow, so uh, they <laughs> that's, that's a lot to do. It is. And they really have to think about this. Uh, not only are their grades important, uh, the a- ACT scores, uh, extracurricular activities, the whole, and a 500-word essay on ways to improve school safety. Has that 500-word essay been a part of this all along? Yes, sir, it has. So have you come up with some pretty unique ways to improve school safety over the years? There's lots of good ideas out there. You know, some of those, you know, we have, you know, gravitated to um, different times, you know, as far as IDs for teachers. The school system just recently did that where they can swap their ID badge and get into doors and stuff like that. Um, but you know, there's, there's some good ideas that they come up with. Are those ideas, uh, have they been used successfully in previous years? I mean, since you've done this for 19 years now. 
some of them have um sometimes they they kind of just add on to things that you know they would like to see their their sro do inside their school you know as far as different um clubs and stuff like that but they've got some great ideas yeah, this really sp- speaks volumes for the sros with our local schools here in rutherford county uh you're telling me that over 19 years the past 19 years they are personally funding the scholarships yes sir i mean that is dedication that that's putting your mouth <laughs> putting your money where your mouth is it is uh so uh, in in seeing that happening, uh, what are some of the uh, end results that you've seen over the past 19 years? Have some of these uh, essay winners won uh, great accomplishments later in life? I mean, we've had 19 years to look at. Well, you know, I personally haven't heard back from any of the, the winners. Um, this year we had five winners. Um, from Eagleville, we had Jenna Gaisler, and she's going to be going to the Harding University in Arkansas. At Rockville High, we had Malin Alexis Reyes, and she's going to be attending Belmont University. Also from Rockville High, we had Taylor Knox, and she's going to be attending Tennessee Tech. From Siegel High, we had Taylor Sanders, and she's going to Jacksonville University. And from Smyrna High, we had Alicia Drayton, and she's going to be going to TSU. Now, when these students apply, you don't know if they're going to be one student from this school and four from that one. There's no way of knowing who the winners are going to be, but uh, you always get, I would imagine, quite a few students applying. Uh, And and then how long does it take to go through and uh, decide who the winners are? Well, basically, I'll go through and redact their their name and their school information, and then we'll have a a group of SROs read over those. And so that, you know, it's kind of like them reading it blind so they don't know what is actually, you know, who the student is or what school they're from. And so they can score it uh, without any bias. And then I'll be the one that will total up those scores and determine what our winner is. That is exciting to see this happening. Do the obviously the students know that they are the winners uh, for this year. Uh, what what kind of comments did you hear from them? And, and I'm sure that their parents and guardians are excited about it too. Yes, uh, two weeks ago, the sheriff and chief deputies and myself and some of the supervisors from the SRO division went around to the schools and presented those students with their checks. And a couple of them had their parents there, and everybody was very supportive of the SRO division and very thankful to receive that money and they, they were all very excited. Now is the amount on the scholarship is that sort of determined by how much money you collect each year? Yes sir it is. And, and do you always try to have uh, so many scholarships given out or is the number you give out sort of determined by the amount of money you have also. We try to definitely do two, one for university studies and one for community college. And But this year we didn't have anybody apply for community college. And so we only, actually this year we only had five applicants. So we ended up being able to collect enough money to award all five applicants a scholarship. That is phenomenal. What is the value of the scholarships? And do you encourage the students to use them 
for certain things, to, to purchase books or to purchase this or that? Yes, usually we'll tell them to, you know, they can either put that money toward the school tuition or to purchase books with it, uh, whatever they're needing for their school coming up. And this year we collected money and we did $450 per scholarship. Usually we'll try to, if we just do two scholarships, it's usually between $500 and $1,000 per scholarship. So the more people who apply, uh, if they're good applications, uh, then you're, you're going to give away more scholarships. Yes, sir. A couple of years ago, we did um, a scholarship per high school also. Oh, so it just wow. it varies. Now, what are some of the things that these students tell you uh, when, when they are called up and learn that they won the scholarship? Uh, well, I personally haven't been told any students. Usually what I'll do is I'll send out who the winner is for that high school, and then that high school officer will go and notify those officers. Um, the officer that's coming up on, on the radio here next, uh, Sergeant Culp, he's done that, so maybe we can find out from him oh, okay. what, how they react whenever they're told. So this is something that's going on uh, here in the Rutherford County Schools, been going on now. This is the 19th year. And it wasn't Rutherford County one of the first schools in the nation to have an SRO program? Yes, they were the first in the state of Tennessee, and um, but one of the, the first ones. I know, I think in Michigan, back in early 1960s, around that time, was they started the SRO program, but... But Rutherford County was the first in the state of Tennessee. And some phenomenal things have happened uh, as a result of the SRO program. As you look at the SRO program, uh, what are some of the real pluses that you feel have uh, emerged from having an SRO? Well, the students and teachers, they feel safe being at school. Um, students get to interact, you know, in a positive way with SROs. You know whether you know because one thing we do is we do clubs or uh, we're we help coach a sport um, in the elementary school we do a lot with archery and so we get a lot of students involved with that as well okay where are you the SRO I'm at Wilson Elementary all right uh, so a lot of uh, students over there uh, what size school is that it's uh, their population is about 660 students okay uh, and that's, isn't that where John Dinkins was? Yes, sir. <laughs> I was there when he was there. Okay. Uh, John's on every morning. In fact, just got off the air a few minutes he ago. He did, yes. Uh, does a great job, too, on the air. And uh, uh, he uh, always is one of those persons involved with the schools who put the students first and has a real caring uh, for the students and wants to make sure that they are successful. He does. And I'm... And, um, from talking with SROs, you have that same feeling. We do. Uh, what What do you? What's the most rewarding thing that you've had developed out of being an SRO officer? Probably a lot of times working with the students that are maybe leaning toward you know doing wrong things and stuff like that, and you you know kind of become a role model to them and. You kind of guide them in the better direction and making better choices. So helping them change their life, yes, learn sir. some new new ways to to be successful. Yes. And so, uh, if if right now somebody listening 
uh, is thinking about going into law enforcement. Uh, what would you suggest that they do as far as getting into law enforcement, and should they consider being an SRO? Is that a really special person? Does it take a unique set of values? To it do does. It, it takes somebody that enjoys working with the kids, and to be an SRO, they have to already be a certified officer, um, so we don't just hire somebody and then send them to the police academy. They already have to be a police officer somewhere in order to become an SRO. And don't you teach a class also at the school? Yes, sir. We teach classes through various grade levels and um, get to interact with the students that way. What kind of subjects do you teach? We'll talk about different things like drugs, alcohol. Uh, we'll talk about bullying, doing kind things, anger management. Um, we'll talk about, for elementary level, we'll talk about calling 911 and how to do that and what to say and things like that. Now, you're in an elementary school. Are you already seeing evidence of drugs and alcohol use in the elementary grades, which is what, through the fifth grade? Through the fifth grade, yes, sir. Uh -huh. um, not particularly, but um, those students have, can have access to it at home, or they may have older siblings that have started at an early age. And so this is just trying to tell them you know, how unhealthy it can be and just to help them make good choices. And I guess also in making bad choices, uh, they can begin a, a life of crime uh, from watching friends and, and brothers and sisters too. Yes, sir. So uh, you're, you're really uh, a role model figure, almost a parenting figure for these youngsters. Correct. So uh, once again, uh, congratulations to the students. And how many students again won the scholarships? Five. Five different yes, students, wow. And this is the 19th year, and all of the money for the scholarships was donated by our own SROs. Yes, sir. Right here in Rutherford County. That, that is phenomenal. That, that speaks volumes itself. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us about the scholarship program and, and also your love for being an SRO person? I think we've covered everything. All righty. Well, we've been talking with SRO Jason Urban, and uh, the SRO scholarships have just been awarded an exciting time going on. Uh, speaking of exciting times, we're going to talk about uh, another exciting time. We're getting ready for the great race. Oh, boy, it's going to be a big one this year. And uh, we'll be finding out all about that. Stay with us. This is MTSU President Sidney McPhee. You're listening to WGNS, your local connection to Blue Raider Athletics. WGNS AM, FM, online. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the new menu items that we have added is our Salmon Imperial. Our Salmon Imperial is a fresh cut piece of salmon with shrimp and a crab meat blend. And then we've put our Alfredo sauce on top of it. It's great for a low carb diet that you can get with spinach, but also it just has an amazing flavor with a mixture of all those flavors between the shrimp alfredo and then our salmon. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. 
Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics if you want to try out any guitar in the store. If you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. James Deck, better known as J.D., flew a C-130 in Vietnam. When we went for the long tour, we were stationed in CCK, Taiwan, which is a little town, but a humongous field in the central part of Taiwan. They had like a 12,000-foot runway, which we didn't need. We could land 12 times on that. But it had been a sack base, and they'd moved them all over, so they put us there. With our wonderful president we had at the time, he didn't want it to look like we were had a massive move into Vietnam. In this salute, we talked to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. Many other people were stationed in Okinawa and whatever, and we'd go fly in country for 28 days a month. Two days a month, we had to go someplace, Thailand, Japan, Taiwan, whatever, and it didn't count as a Vietnam tour. We weren't there. We were TDY. James Deck in Vietnam. I was still from Iowa at that time, and I'd go home and all the farmers would gather around me and they'd say, how are we doing? And I developed an answer that befuddled them. I said, if you can tell me what one thing, if gained, is victory, I can tell you how we're doing. Otherwise, I don't have a notion. I said, I know what I'm doing, and I'm proud of it, but I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what the goal is. I said, uh, the only way I think we can win Vietnam right now is to pave it, but you can't win it, and of course we didn't. This has been a salute to veterans. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know, and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24-7. Restoration One offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Good morning, traffic still moving out here on 24. It's heavy, nonetheless, on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. It's busy up and down, 231 right now. Coming out of Shelbyville, just stop and go out here. You pretty much would expect up and down sections of Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check out all the other flavors at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. We'll see mostly cloudy skies here this afternoon with a high in the low 80s. Southeast winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour. Then for tonight, mostly cloudy skies, a low near 63. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 68. And we're broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Check it out online at willowwindow.pro. That's P-R-O, willowwindow.pro. Don't throw away old flags. WGNS retires old glory with respect. Bring those tattered Bibles here, too. We're more than talk. 
welcome back. We are going to be talking about the great race. Hemings Motors News, the great race this year. It's San Antonio, Texas to Greenville, South Carolina. That is a long journey for anybody, but it's an especially long journey for uh, an older car. <laughs> and we'll find this car is amazing. Uh, Visiting with us uh, in this segment, Sergeant Cup. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing great. Uh, you you've been with this since the beginning, haven't you? Yes. And yeah. what got you involved in this? Well, we had a couple students from Central who were enthused in cars, and and um, as part of Central's curriculum, um, the school requires students to have volunteer hours throughout the year, and the Stones River Car Club here in Murfreesboro that's based in Cannonsburg, does a swap meet um, every year at the Nashville Fairgrounds and they needed student volunteers. And so they reached out to Central. Central sent several students over there. I think it was about 30 some kids over there that year. And our kids started talking to the car club people and they got interested and decided that they wanted to start a club at Central Magnet School. And so they came up to me, the, a couple of the kids I was pretty familiar with, they knew I liked old cars and they liked old cars. And so we started talking and, and that's how it started. We started a, a club at Central and we're sponsored by Stones River Car Club and it kind of works out well together. Uh, you're driving a 68-year-old car. Yes. <laughs> which yes. Has to I'm glad be... you did the math on that. I wasn't <laughs> going to do that. That, that. That's a challenging time. It is a challenging time. And um, I brought Dean Holland with us. Um, Dean has been our mechanic for since the beginning of this project. And um, it's quite a challenge to keep Bonnie up and running, especially during a 22 to 25-hundred-mile race across oh, the country. Yeah. Uh, Dean, first of all, how did you get involved? Pull uh, or get close to the microphone, if you would. Well, uh, get a whole lot closer. Get right down there with it. Have a seat. And let it be your best friend. Tell us how, how you got involved in this. Uh, well, initially, I was uh, the auto mechanics teacher at Holloway High School, uh, which is just a few blocks down the road from Central. Uh, Scott and I knew each other, and uh, he reached out to me after uh, they got the car. And... Um, got me involved and it started out just a couple of Saturdays my students were working with their students and trying to make some repairs and then at some point we came up with the idea to go on this race and I'm not I'm not sure exactly how that happened but I, I got scooped up into the into the mix so here I am well 2,000 something miles is a, is a lot of distance for a car that age uh, what, what do you do to keep it uh, going and have you made it do you think where it's comparable in dependability to today's cars well we we hope so and and we think so and it's so to some extent we've we've made some repairs we've we've made some upgrades um electric cooling fans things like that to help help extend the longevity um but other than that you just you just kind of take it fix what breaks as it breaks um mm -hmm. we we have rebuilt the engine it's it's internally new um original engine but but all the internal parts have been replaced. Um, we've redone the brakes. Um, most of the suspension has been redone. Those kinds of things. So, so. it's modern brakes and no, no, nope. it's a, it's original, new okay. parts, original style. Okay, yeah. okay. It yeah. actually has to be the era of the car, the year of the car. So we can't make improvements on it of things that were not available 
to the car in 1953. So anything that we, other than brakes and an electric cooling fan, but you know, as far as mechanically, it has to be a 1953 car. Otherwise, it's going to be dated at the year of the latest part. At which point, you know, the the older the car, the better handicap. So there's cars that are from 19. 20s or oh, even older in this they race really because have. of the handicap that they get and obviously it's harder to drive a 1920s car 2,000 miles than so a you earn, you earn that handicap but yes well, yeah, yeah but so so we can't really do anything to it other than things that were 1953 except for a few safety things does adding the, seat belts for the kids and things like that does the Indian chief on the hood light up yes it, it does <laughs> Okay. And it is the most photographed hood ornament of oh, I bet. on the race. Uh, you know, as a kid, that was uh, I, we had some friends who had one of mm-hmm. those, and I can remember it now. I mean, that was that caught my attention. Well, and it it didn't when we initially bought the car, and I didn't realize at first that it was supposed to. And once we did and fixed it, that's been the that's one of the highlights. Oh, of yeah. the, is of it the car. orange? Did yes, the, amber. I guess you yeah, would call it. Okay. But yes. That, that was what I remembered. I didn't. So a funny thing, Jenny and I were looking the other day. We were getting ready to get some T-shirts made up. We try to get everyone on the team to look alike every day. Yeah. And um, I googled 1953 Pontiac Chieftain hood ornament, and one of the pictures that showed up on Google was actually Bonnie's front hood ornament off of a radio station somewhere out west. That is <laughs> and, so neat. So it, she's pretty famous. Oh boy. Now, uh, you, you brought along with you the student navigator, Aaron Guthrie. Aaron, good morning to you. Pull, pull the mic over there close to you. Tell us, uh, how did you get involved? Is this your first year, by the way? Uh, no, sir. This is my second year doing it. Um, I was four years younger than the initial group to start a race. And going to Central, I saw that it was uh, something that I was able to do. And I've always liked old cars. So um, it just seemed like a fit and something I would enjoy doing. Now, this is not a, a race to get there first. Uh, you have to be at certain points exactly on time. And I was reading uh, within seconds. You're penalized if you get so many seconds early or so many seconds late. That has, And, and I guess that's your job to be on time. Yes, sir. So the way it works is you're essentially given step-by-step directions, Um where it'll tell you once you reach this sign on the side of the road, go from 45 to 35 miles an hour. Um, or, you know, it might change um, the direction you're going. You might have to stop and turn on a street. But the way that the distance uh, is cal- or the time that you're supposed to take up for that distance calculated is that as if you never stopped the car at all. So let's say you got to a stop sign. You'd have to go over the speed limit that, it, that you're set to account for the time that's lost so a lot of it's just doing math and um so basically well how i've learned to explain this over the years is if you google map something and it gives you a turn-by-turn direction that google map doesn't take into consideration the amount of time at stoplights or traffic lights or train crossings or you get behind a tractor um and so it's the the navigator's job to make up that time and so if we get stopped at a red light for two minutes, we have to make up that time without going over the legal posted speed limit. Obviously that's important to me, but the, um, the speeds for the race are 
typically 10 miles an hour under the posted speed limit. So that gives us some wiggle room to catch back up and to get back to where we're supposed to be. But it's all done by math. It's all done by that navigator. And Aaron was actually, uh, he's done one great race with us before, the one where we actually won our class and um, came in first. And so it was an exciting day. We've got three other um, ex-Central students, graduates, that are, one of them's actually graduated college this year. Um, and because of their age, we actually, because Aaron is our youngest at 18, the students are the entire team this year. Um, Dean and I and wives are going to be the support staff and the uh, kids are gonna be in the car. They're driving, they're navigating, they're doing it all this year. So you're not even in the car. I'm in the chase vehicle. I'm, I will know whether they made it again that night, whether we get a phone call or whether we show up and they show up too. Now, are you very close by? I mean, if something breaks, are you close by with a replacement part? We, we can get there and Dean's probably better at answering this than I am. I'm usually just the one that shows up in the car with if it's broken or not. But um, I know that we are on a different route, but at the end of the day, they pull in at the same place that we are waiting for them. So their, their goal is to make it to that checkpoint at night so that if there is a problem, Dane and the kids can fix it. Okay, we have a listener who's calling in, and you can hear them on the headphones there. Let's see what they're wanting to share. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Good morning. Hi. Yeah, I want to uh, to, to post a garage sale. Well, you're, you're about a half hour late. Uh, you're oh. a day late and a dollar short. Uh, swap and shop is already over. Okay, thank you for calling. Yeah, we're talking about cars right now. We're talking about the great race. So if you have a question or a comment about the great race, uh, give us a shout, 615-893-1450. In preparing uh, the car, uh, the 1953 Pontiac Chieftain, Bonnie, so to speak, uh, in preparing Bonnie for another race, uh, what do you have to, to do uh, to, to get Bonnie ready, Dean? Um, right now, everything is in pretty good shape. Um, as we get a little bit closer to time, um, uh, we'll, we've, the oil's been changed. Everything's been serviced on it. Uh, so as we get, get a little bit closer to time, um, we've got some decals that actually came in the mail um, the other day, and we've got, we've got to add and subtract some of, some of those. Uh, to the car, different sponsors for the uh, race change over the years. Um, so other than that, uh, we'll pull it in, check the tires, check the fluids, uh, just kind of go over everything really well. And as long as there's, we drive the car regularly, so I kind of feel like if there's something that's not quite right, we're, we're kind of in tune with that and address it. But right now, everything's good. I would guess that with a 1953 car, uh, it has the ability to basically do highway speed and yes. things of that sort. Uh, if you were driving a 1920 car, that might be a different story. That is a completely different. <laughs> uh, that is a completely different story. And uh, we were talking about the handicaps earlier. I think um, the multiplier for a 1900 is 0.5. So whatever their time is. If they're driving a 1900 vehicle, their time basically gets cut in half, which gives them a, a big advantage as far as the time goes, but they're driving 
a 121 year old vehicle which is an extreme disadvantage mm. so um we actually had um we actually had a, a racer in the uh, california event that was in a 1906 or eight what, that's an old car the, uh, <laughs> uh, it was a buick 1906 or 1908 wow. i don't remember exactly what year now uh, how long does it take them to, i mean this is a long distance from uh, they, they san run, antonio all the way over to was it greenville south carolina that's right that's a that's a long way to go so every car starts out at the same starting point one minute off so if the starting time for the race on sunday is at 9 a.m the first car out number one would be at 9 a.m every car after that would be in one minute increment so we would start we're number 150 that's our race car number um, the first day we will start out 150th we will be at the back which is where we like to be and um, we will start out 150 minutes after 9 a.m or the starting time that's actually there and so there is a one minute gap between every car but in order to run the race right you know every car has to to do their own times they have to manage to be at the random checkpoints at the time that's set without knowing what that time's going to be you just have to run the race like aaron said you know your navigator has to be on your driver has to be on and keep the speeds in and know what your loss and what your gains are to get at those checkpoints at the exact second what is your average do you have an average time uh, average speed that you're going no it's um like i said it's 10 miles an hour under the posted speed limit typically um the race is usually on back roads very rarely do we run through towns or cities or um highly populated areas due to the fact that other cars can really mess you up in, in your speeds and so they try to keep it on a lot of back roads which is why the chase vehicles the support staff um, the mechanics go one way usually interstate and the car and the um, racers go completely off route and um, so I guess I don't know I, I forgot what your question was I'm hoping I answered it right then <laughs> you did a good job now with uh, the, the 1953 Pontiac Chieftain is this going to be your uh, is this going to be your car from now on out or are we were, you open to changing we or? were this is Bonnie's very um, a very steady car she's a very good car she's very dependable um, sometimes it's a benefit to have a car where the parts are more easily accessible but we've gotten enough parts now built up for bonnie that um, i think we're pretty good but um, we have been donated um, a couple different cars over the years we actually had a, a gentleman in virginia give us a 53 fire truck a 53 <laughs> chevy fire truck that he had actually put in the race one year um so we've gotten different vehicles. We have a 1930 Model A that's sitting at the clubhouse now that needs some work, but that is a car that we would like to, and Stones River Car Club has talked about that, and we'd like to make that a secondary race car. We'd like to get some of our kids that are getting too old to be in the X-Cup division to be able to race in an older division and maybe have this 1930 Model A as that car. What is the newest car allowed in the race? 1971. 71, okay. So that, that's quite a bit newer. Yes. I mean, a lot of changes in technology by that point. Yes. So uh, does it have any advantages uh, as far as dependability, or do you think uh, the 1953 Pontiac is just about as uh, equal as anybody else? 
I, I feel like what and we we have gone through some struggles to get to the reliability level that we have right now but um i i think the our particular car that we have uh the time uh handicap is more of a benefit than the per se modern technology of 1971. okay well, let's try another phone call remember this has to be about uh the great race good morning you're on wgns Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my question is, uh, any the, the the schools support this or the taxes on this? I, I'm not complaining or nothing. I'm just asking a question. I know you get donations, so is a taxpayer paying for the children to learn how to build these cars? And I'll, I'll listen to the answers. Thank you. Okay, thank you. What about that? Um, so the question was, do the taxpayers pay for this? I guess other than my um, my hourly rate as far as during the school day and recruiting kids through Central, um, not really. The um, Stones River Car Club is a not-for-profit, so they, they donate money back to the student group they are the ones that bought the car for liability reasons um if the school the car was donated from stones river car club to central magnet school car club however because of the way insurance is and everything if the if the county school system owned the car the students would most likely not be able to drive it um, or even technically ride in it. And so Stones River Car Club actually continues. They have the title for the car. They are the ones that insure it. Um, and other than a few other outside sponsors, Stones River Car Club mostly does everything. So really, it, the, the only affiliation with the county school system and the sheriff's department would be that um, we are you know, the students from Central and really, you know, anywhere in the county could run in this car. And as long as they're members of Stones River Car Club and, um, you know, just use we use the Central Magnet School because that's where our kids are from. And that's where Jenny and I are. And so we've started there and that's where the club kind of started. We have a text here from a listener who says, I love old cars. In fact, I have a 52-year-old car that I'm very proud of, but it's always giving me a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Can I join your group and learn more about ways to reduce that challenge on my 52-year-old car? Well, I would, I mean, obviously anybody can join uh, Stones River Car Club. Um, we uh, meet at Cannonsburg the first Tuesday of every month at... Um, 6 p.m. and usually there's dinner provided so I like going there for Can't that I know that. that's how we get the kids <laughs> to keep coming back um, to the business meetings but um, yeah I mean anybody with an interest of cars um, because of us being uh, at Central and Central's got a beautiful campus you know in Murfreesboro it's um, one of the oldest campuses in in the county and with all the trees and the property we have there um, it's a beautiful place for car shows, and so we have Wilson Bank is actually sponsoring a car show there June 13th on Sunday, and so that would be a good time to come out and meet some of us too. Bonnie will be there, the students will be there, um, Dean will be there, Jenny and I, and and Wilson Bank will be there, and Stones River Car Club will be there. So and what time is it? That starts at 9 a.m. for registration, and trophies will be given out around one or two. Okay. So, but they're typically, depending on the weather, it, there could be anywhere from 150 to 400 cars at a show like that. So. so you can see a variety of cars. Yes, it's a great spot to come. Nice and shady. 
It's, oh, it's good. And that's uh, June 13th. Sunday, June 13th. We're going to pause for just a moment. We will continue the conversation. The great race for this year. Uh, yep, we're in it again. Central Magnet School is in it. And still, we're driving uh, the 53 Pontiac, a Pontiac chieftain, Bonnie. Yeah, Bonnie's ready to run again. The Action Line, Rutherford Issues, The Morning News, Swap and Shop, The Crewman Show. We're keeping it local on WGNS, AM, FM, online. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Well, some mostly cloudy skies here this afternoon with a high in the low 80s. Southeast winds of 5 to 15 miles per hour. Then for tonight, mostly cloudy skies, a low near 63. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 68. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Hi, this is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. Since everyone's going to be traveling, we carry Rembrandt charms, and they make charms from all over the world and in the United States. So when you get back from your fun trip, come in Bell Jewelers, and we can show you charms that will help commemorate that fun trip. Hi, this is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro, across the street from Toots Restaurant. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Welcome back on our show today. We're talking with Dean Holland, who's the chief mechanic, keeps everything running as it should be. Aaron Guthrie, a student navigator, he keeps everything on time. And Sergeant uh, Scott Culp with the SRO program. You were the first one in this uh, in the great race from this area, and still there. So, must be fun. <laughs> it is fun. Uh, let's let's talk a little more about some of the things happening with the uh, SRO program, the great race, and things like that. And also, I know you're really proud to have Aaron here with you. So the, uh, I know Officer Urban was in here talking about the scholarship, and you know I've given to the scholarship every year as an SRO and and being a sergeant in the SRO division. Um, this is uh, I'm working on my 20th year, and just the love for the schools and the students and the community. But um, you know, you were talking with. Jason about the opportunities and the things that you get to do as an SRO Um, you know this is I'm working on my 30th year as a deputy 
and this is by far the greatest job I've ever had inside the sheriff's department. Um, just the the community being able to work with the students, um, seeing people on a good side, not necessarily a bad side, and and obviously getting to do something like the great race. Um, you know, first time that we've had a group from Tennessee. Um, it's very rare to have a student group come into the race and to be able to pull it together like what has happened here and have it logistically and, and financially and everything work out is, is really something. And we get a lot of attention around the country and around the world because of it. And it's, it's, it's just a nice thing to be able to brag about Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Have you always had a love for cars? Um, yes, my it. I mean, I grew up watching my grandpa, and my dad work. My first car was a '66 Mustang. We drug it home when I was 14 years old, and mice falling out of the back. And and by the time I turned 17, it was on the road. And I'd like to say I did more work on it than what I actually did. Dad did most of it, but yeah, I have. And life changes. You have kids. You get married, and and so you know you get away from it. But I've come back into it now. Jenny is very patient. She she teaches at Central, so it helps. She's part of the car club. She gets to ride around with Dean and April and I, and so that makes it good. But, yeah, yeah, I've always loved cars. Now, Aaron, you're a student, uh, the student navigator, too, getting everybody on time, hopefully, uh, throughout yes, this sir. race. Have you had a love for cars also? Yes, sir. Uh, growing up, I've always liked cars. Um, when I was 14, my dad and I bought a 1955 Oldsmobile Rocket 88. It was a seafoam green, huge sedan. It was beautiful. Um, but like a lot of old cars, it didn't run. And it was going to cost a lot of money uh, just for the parts. So we decided to sell it to a friend. And then after that, we bought a 49 Chevy pickup. And uh, like old cars, it, uh, did not, it uh, wasn't in great shape. So we also sold that as well. Didn't um, keep either one of those long. No, sir. Actually, I, I, we sold the truck to Dean. But having those cars definitely uh, solidified my um, love for old cars. And I'd like to give a quick shout out here. Um, three of our students couldn't be with us today. One's in Knoxville in college and one's in Cookville in college. And, and one just graduated from MTSU and is working in Nashville at a um, animatronics studio. Wow. Um, we we're pretty proud of our kids and, and there's something special. Um, one of our students, because of the race um, and being a student group, um, the first time we went actually got a $5,000 scholarship because of being in the race and, and that applied back to uh, um, Tennessee Tech. And Aaron, our newest graduate from Central, um, is going to the Air Force. When As soon as we get back, he is uh, he's heading out to be in the Air Force and so just proud of him and what he's going to do. and. Um, um, you know, he's actually signed up to be part of the Space Force, so it's kind of a kind of a bragging right. That's that's a lot of speed there, <laughs> <laughs> going from uh, antique cars to the space uh, area. Okay, this starts Saturday, June the nineteenth, and concludes Sunday, June the twenty seventh. Okay. And we have a um, Stones River Student Group Facebook page. If you just type in Stones River Student Group. Um, you'll find it. Um, there's a picture of Bonnie on the front of it um, going through the mountains in Oregon. And um, 
if you uh, like us there, you'll be able to follow us on the race. Jenny and April do a really good job of keeping that updated throughout the day and live videos and, and updates on where the kids are and how they're doing. Well, best of luck to you. Bonnie, by the way, again, is a 1953 Pontiac Chieftain, and the hood ornament does light up, sort of amber color. Uh, check out Bonnie in the evening hours so yes. you can see it clearly. Uh, Dean, thank you for all you're doing to keep this going. Dean Holland, the mechanic. Thank you for having uh, me. Aaron Guthrie, student navigator, visiting with us this morning. And Sergeant Scott Cup, an SRO with Central Magnet School, who's been in the great race since the beginning. Exciting times. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you again next time.